Why, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll find a place for you to take that load off. The boys are just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And I tell you what, you came at a great time too. The boys are walking through the entire Bible from cover to cover, one story at a time. Speaking of stories, we'd love to hear yours. So why don't you tell us all about it in that box below called comments. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. And I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the door. I got to go. Those boys had better get the lead out and get going. This crowd seems restless. I'm coming, I'm coming. Order up. All right, today we're gonna jump into Genesis 16. So we're about, oh, I don't know, like about, what, maybe a third of the way through, you guys think, of Genesis? I mean, this is this has been a long road to hoe so far, so. Um, don't give me fractions and well, stuff. It's, it's simple fractions. Come on. Simple. I was never simple. good at simple. Simple well, fractions. Well, this one says 50, and if we're only right. at 16. 16, yeah, that's right. That's about third. 16 plus 6 is the 32 plus another 16 is 48. Okay. Yeah, good, woo! Good. Yeah, you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? Okay, so in chapter 16... Uh, well, well, let me get give a sh very short recap. So we went, we've been through the creation, we've been through the flood, we've been through the fall of man, uh, and then all of a sudden, so like in Genesis, the... Uh, Moses was the was the author or editor. He's writing this, and so he's going all the way through. I mean, he went through, oh man, well over 16 times. He went through about 2,000 years of human history, just raced right through it until he got to about the Tower of Babel. And then post-Tower of Babel, this guy comes out named Abraham. And we've already done a couple of things about Abraham, so go ahead and check out those other episodes uh, that talk about Abraham in the full uh, and how God basically told him what to do and how God initially made that promise to him. So what ends up happening in this chapter, uh, this is about Hagar and Ishmael. Now, Hagar and Ishmael, Hagar is Sarai. So right now, Abra, Abraham is known as Abram right now. Pretty soon. Yep, he'll, 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 he'll name be changed yeah, very, yet. very soon. Uh, so... I'll just give you guys kind of the, the brief synopsis of, of the beginning part here. Um, so now Sarah has not born any ch children. And in a previous chapter, we talked about how they went to uh, Egypt. And it, it was a terrible thing <laughs> because he lied to the Pharaoh and said, okay, hey, no, she's really my sister, which is true, but... It's, she was only a part sister. She wasn't a full sister. And so... So a half-truth. Right, half-truth. And then so plagues came down, and basically Pharaoh kicked them out and gave them a whole bunch of blessings because because of Sarai. And so during that, apparently, she got a Egyptian maidservant. And so she has an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. Uh, Sarai does. And Sarai gets this brilliant idea. Hey, listen, God... 
since, hey, listen, Abram, my husband, since God has not fulfilled his promise with us, maybe we should take this into our own hands. And so she takes her maidservant, Hagar, and says, hey, Abraham, or Abram, I have a plan. Let's, I will give you my maidservant, Hagar, and I want you to sleep with her, and through her, I will have a the promised child that God said. How do you, hey, hey, Abraham, how do you know that that's not the way God wanted it in the first place? How do you know? So, okay, so Wayne, Wayne is chomping at the bit here. <laughs> I was, am. He I was just, since, since the beginning. When, of when I read this, I want to read this. I'm going to read it to go you. Go for it. Go for it. it. It just blew me away. I'm like, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. I mean, that was probably a really grievable, you know, grievable thing. She, she wanted to have kids, right? But she had, because she had an Egyptian maidservant named, well, wait a minute. I'm reading this wrong. No, you're it, good. But she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Is anybody seeing the red flags go off? And we've been joking about this. Not really joking, but kind of cringing a little bit. Thinking to ourselves, okay, what's the moral thing going on here? Because I can see myself being just kicked straight out the door. <laughs> for even entertaining thoughts like that. And then my wife comes to me and says, hey. <laughs> it was her idea, yeah, after all. Why don't we do this? And, and I'm like, what? What? You got to be kidding me. How can we do this? One thing that I this? found interesting right off the bat, what you just read, which was the first thing that came out of Sarai's mouth to justify this, she blames it on God. Like, look at that. You just read it. Yeah. See, she, okay, so, see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Mm. Okay, stop right there. <laughs> yes. So she's blaming God for this whole thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can't be her. Right, it's not her fault. It's not her fault. No, it's it's God made the promise and he obviously broke it. Well, the present, so, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's not right. time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just not time. I see parallels of... Uh, Adam and Eve in this. Uh, I absolutely, Tom. I thought that too. In a, in this marriage covenant, um, it was Abram and his wife. They wanted to do things their own way, whether it's through temptation by the devil or not. After they ate of the fruit in the garden, they were aware of their nakedness. They had they were seeing life in a a new set of eyes, and the same thing happened in this chapter. Um, after Abram slept with. Hagar and and got her pregnant. Then Sarah said, "Now Hagar despises her." Now, if this is true or not, it doesn't say. But that's the eyes that Sarai was seeing out of was that she despises her. And so Abram's like, "Well, she's yours to do with." And she just started mistreating her because she was able to give something that she wasn't able to. After after they did this deed that they thought that they could become, you know, they thought they were going to be kickstarting God's promise, much like they didn't say don't eat of that because you'll surely die. You know, you, you'll be like God. This one here is, he didn't say that how you were going to populate the world. He just said you were. And so this is this is keeping in line with what God already promised you. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. you're talking, you're talking about that. The, they're finding the loopholes in God's promises. 
or well, not even finding. I would say making loopholes. Now, wasn't it in the previous chapters of Genesis where we actually talked about marriage being a covenant and it's also a man and woman? Okay, I, I don't get into the legality of all that, but I could have swore it was a vow of marriage, so you didn't actually do this. And then I also like to point out the woman actually started this to bring hate upon them, the way I'm going to say that. I just want to point that out. Inevitably, that's what it turned into. And we've talked about this in, in a previous episode. So like all throughout scripture, and I, I know I've, I've heard this before from women, like they go, well, you know, the Bible is, it's very sexist because in, in scripture, you never see one woman with, you know, marrying many men. It's always one man with many women. And, you know, like, and kind of like, you know, talking that up the whole, you know, like fem what is it? Feminist type thing. Yeah. But hold on though. Abraham, scripture does not say, especially right here, scripture does not say that God told Sarai to do this. No. She just got a brilliant idea and thought it was a good idea. Oh, and good said, manipulation there. Right. Yeah. She did it. She yeah. started this whole thing. And then, I mean, like Tom just said, right, right after she says, um, her mistress became despised in her eyes. That was Sarai became despised Hagar. Now, I also like to point out in our live cast, we actually discussed emotions actually being faulty to you. And this is actually a good part where it actually could show you because one, she felt wronged for the fact that she wasn't received the gifts that she thought she deserved. And then afterwards, the regret and the disappointment of what she did and what she got, she actually forced herself to actually do wrong again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she made a bad choice. She made a bad choice. And there are a lot of times when you hear about people uh, doing this surrogate thing, carrying a child for someone else. Oh, yes. And then... They decide not no, to give it back. No, this is in yeah. me. Uh, and I think Hagar came up, I think she was thinking that. This is just me talking. This is me thinking out loud. But I think she kind of took a little bit of authority over her mistress because she could do, and Tom already said this, somebody else probably did too. She could do something that Sarai right. couldn't do. Yeah. She could have a baby. Um well, if, go ahead. If if you continue on with that, you you realize like you, you got to kind of tease this out of out of the these verses that we're reading. But it sounds exactly like I just want to flesh that out more. It sounds like Hagar, because Scripture says that Abram was actually considered basically a prince in the land because he was so wealthy and he had so many people that followed him and so many servants. He was so wealthy he was considered a prince. Okay. And Sarai, for lack of better terminology, let's just call her a princess. So now all of a sudden, a prince marries another princess. All of a sudden, the mentality of, well, I'm also the mistress. Correct. Yeah. That's Yet I am servant at. to the mistress. Very right. good. Right, right. She wanted to take a different place, a different chair. Right. Yeah. That wasn't necessarily hers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it says later on, it says Sarai 
Uh, so actually, and what ended up happening. So Abraham said to Sarai, indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And later on, this is verse six, I'm sorry. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, meaning Hagar, she fled from her presence. Now, I see, maybe this, maybe I'm wrong, and I want to bounce this off you guys. It sounds to me, just reading this, that Abraham messed up twice. It, number one, he slept with a woman that wasn't his wife, got married to two women, basically. And the second thing is Abraham did not want to get between the two in this catfight. He literally said, I'm hands off. She's your maid. When he should have stepped in and said, well, hold on a second. You probably shouldn't treat her that way. Yeah. Now, wouldn't we actually say it's actually three? Three? Go for it. Because he did not declare Sarai to be his wife to begin with to actually receive the maid? What do you mean? Because didn't it, you, they got this through the wealth of going to Egypt. Right. They were very wealthy, so Sarai ended up having maidservants, and this one just happened to be Egyptian. Oh, I thought that that this said the fact that they got her from Egypt. No, I'm saying that's probably where she came from because, like, what, two chapters earlier or something, like two or three chapters, they go to Egypt. Oh, yeah, uh, chapter 12, halfway through chapter 12, verse 10, they go to Egypt, and that's where they got a lot of their wealth, and I think that's why it mentions that this maidservant was actually Egyptian because I don't, I don't see any, any other reason why they would say that. But it just, it's, it's interesting because right after she leaves, like check this out, verse 7, right after Hagar leaves, now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. And this then it says desert. Yep. And it says, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? So this interaction happens with this angel that apparently pops up. Where does that lead? I think that it leads to clarity. You see, up to this point, God's given Abram promises about his seed, about his family and how they're going to be numerous. And Hagar is running for her life and for her unborn son's life because she knows that Sarai will never truly accept either one of them because of how they're being dealt, how they're being handled. And I think that it's interesting, too, that uh, the angel of the Lord talked to them like Adam and Eve, too, in the garden. Like, what's going on? Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you hiding? But uh, um, yeah. they, you know, yeah. when he told her to yeah. go back and submit, submit to Sarai. And then they made a promise of, her offspring being too numerous to count as well. I thought that was pretty interesting coming from a, uh, a servant lady too. However, the description of her son is less than flattering. Yeah, it is. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now with child, and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael of the Lord. For the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. Yeah, not flattering at all. <laughs> right. It is interesting, though, how 
God is using this, um, and let me go all the way back. First of all, this is scandalous. In today's society, in my life, this is scandalous. Um, and Sarai was making a big sacrifice. I mean, obviously she blamed God, which he didn't do this. He didn't tell her to do this. He gave her a promise, and she was too impatient to wait for what, what he was promised. When you were talking about Adam and Eve, Tom, I was thinking to myself, okay, dude, Abram, what are you thinking here? You're thinking, oh, this is great. My wife's giving me a, a free pass to go do something. And this is where, and I brought this up to Justin earlier, I'm thinking to myself, where are the morals back then? Were they not created? Were the standards not created yet? God's still, God's there. Well, I, I think when, when it came to that, a lot of morals were there, but I think what ended up happening was back then, a very wealthy man, a very wealthy man or a prince, it was a very common thing back then to have multiple wives because that, number one, showed your wealth, that you can afford to care for two families. Uh, number two, that also, you know, that gives you more children, typically, and that means more heirs to, to your inheritance, means, which means your larger inheritance, you can split up many, many, many different ways. So I, I, I don't know. I think, I honestly, I, it, it, maybe, maybe I'm off by this, but I think it was a, something that Sarai had to convince Abraham to do. I mean, I honestly, we're reading, we're reading scripture and it sounds like, oh yeah, they just had like a little talk and he's like, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know if it was like that. I don't that. think it was that Couldn't either. I think it was something that she probably nagged him about it. No, just, just, just my servant, my servant, marry her. You'll have, you'll have a child through there. Kind of like know. Adam and Eve. Right, right. I kind of, a few I kind of visualize later. that too. Yeah. Huh. I, we're looking at it from American eyes. We're looking at this from American values and this wasn't around here. Right. You know, and so at that time, modern time, um, you know, the the man had manservants and um, Abram had all of his servants in the field. His wife was the head of the household. You know, he was the head of his kingdom, if you will. And so she would be the head of her her uh, maidservants. Yeah. And like Justin was saying, it wasn't uncommon for something like this, this to happen. Now, the thing that made this interesting was this wasn't as a, you know, let's do this for fun or anything like that. This was done with the intent of producing offspring. And then the the jealousy happened. Sure. The je- you sure. know, she thought Hagar was being spiteful of her. And so she was treating her property however she saw fit. And that's Abram said, that's your world. Not that he could step in, yeah. Because if he starts overstepping, yeah, he said it was okay. Her status, then that's going to look badly on her. So what we're looking at here is something that we couldn't grasp because it's not our cultural norm. There's there's many uh, small tribes out there that they know that their resources can only sustain a population of X amount. And so if a baby were to be born, then it would either, if it's the firstborn, they would allow it to live. If it's the second born and it's creating a stress in the household or the family, then that's, that's when it would occur. It's heartless to us, but for them, that's survival. 
Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before, and I'm sure I've read about this before. It it, it actually hasn't happened. It has happened recently, not too long ago in China. China, you could only have one born for the longest time. As long as it's a boy, right? uh, No, actually, it doesn't matter, but it was just still you could only have one child. And otherwise, you had to give the other one out to slave labor or something like that because it was just that hard for population-wise and also feeding them. And with them being the uh, communist country, it was a lot easier just to control people. So that's why they did it. Well, doesn't all of this boil down to one very simple thing? And that is they were justifying in their own minds what the right thing to do was. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of it. I mean, all, even, even the, like, like Tom, Tom was talking about with the infanticide and, and all this, all this stuff when it comes to this, because even, even there are some cultures where rape is acceptable. It is acceptable in certain circumstances. Like it, it is an acceptable thing of, of producing offspring, even though it is considered rape. And I, I know that's an ugly word, but the, the fact is, is it does exist even still to this day. And, but the thing is, is the reason it exists is because there is someone or a multiple someones who are trying to justify that in their own mind. Just like this whole scenario started because apparently, I'll I'll say apparently, two people became justified in their own mind, Abram and Sarai. Even though like, I I agree with you, Wayne, like when it comes to this, it's like, what, what, what happened? Like, what are you doing? But if it's a cultural norm, like you guys are talking about, if it's a cultural norm, if it's something that is, we'll say, fully acceptable, fully accepted where they are, even though it's worldly, but it's worldly acceptable, like nobody's going to look at him with contempt, then, you know, why not? He's the king. He's the prince. Right. Nobody's going to question that. The sultans right now yeah. actually do have seven, eight wives. And if you don't actually uh, give offspring, he can get another one. It's an actual oh, common yeah. thing. Yeah. If you are not childbearing, it can go, huh, that's cool. I get a new one. Hey, yeah. I like this one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bring like, in. Bring him in. There's yeah. something I see is really interesting. At the, at the end of the description of Ishmael, in chapter th- uh, verse 13. Yep. Where she says, uh, she gave this name to the Lord when he, who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Now, her coming from Egypt, knowing, you know, um, because if she came through that transactional period, that means that she has witnessed Abram's victory over um, the Battle of the Kings to go rescue Lot. And she knows that they follow the one true God. Up to this point, I don't think that she really understood. Like she ever experienced God? Right. She never experienced it. So this time here where she says that, that declaration of, I have now seen the one who sees me, um, is a, a, a realization that, that's also going to help solidify her, ju- her, her um, decision to go back and submit to Sarai to do what is commanded of her. That is a really good point, Tom, good point, because Tom. yeah, that that's awesome because she, if she came from Egypt, all of their gods were of stone, of oh, gold, yeah. of brass, of bronze. They were all mute and just lifeless 
creations that they made, Anubis. and that's what they did. Yeah, Anubis. Anubis still makes me laugh. It's a what a dog's face yeah. on a man's <laughs> on body. A man's body, right? Although they did, they did a lot of that. They got a hawk's head, and a, I don't know. It's a whole, that one whole does frog look kind of cool, though. Like that. that is really cool. When I think about this, I think that is really cool that she saw God. I, For the, I mean, you know what I mean? Through this angel of the Lord. Right. All she saw was statues and, and idols and things like that from her culture. And then this angel of the Lord came to her and talked to her, changed her. Oh, yeah. So changed her. The way that Tom just said that also, the beginning of this, they had a broken promise and they broke a promise to a new promise and they actually uphold the promise. What? Because God's promise to Shri, yep, to actually bear children, so now she actually bears Abram's child, and now she actually sees the Lord, and she's actually going to uphold by what the Lord told her, and she's going to go through her promise. Oh, that's a good point. So, like here, we have Sarai and Abram breaking God's promise because God said, "I'm going to be the one that gives you the kid," yeah, and they break it. Yet Hagar, God makes a promise with Hagar and Ishmael, for that matter, and her son as well, and says, hey, listen, I'm going to promise this with you. And both, well, the child, obviously, but he couldn't make much of a decision. But Hagar says, absolutely. And she goes back. That's a good point. Yeah, very good. Because God makes a third promise, apparently, with Hagar. And now it's like, nope, nope. And she, she actually upholds it. What was that, Tom? Um, this is actually the second promise, because there's two promises to Abram. Abram, nothing has been talked about about Sarai yet. That's not until the next chapter. They just know that Abram's seed is going to be the the one that inherits the earth. It's going to be uh, larger than the stars in the sky. There's two occasions that uh, God promised that to Abram, and because there's been no no clue as to how. That's what gave them the courage to decide to make up their own way because nothing has been taught, said to Sarah, Sarai yet. It's not until the next chapter where God is specific and says that I will bless you with Sarah to have these children. Right. He changes her name. That that comes later. That's Yeah, yeah good yeah. point, though, Tom. But well, the, you know the interesting thing? I just want to jo- drop this out here real quick. In verse 3, right at the end of verse 3, it says, comma, after Abraham had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. Chapter 15 was God's promise once he entered the land of Canaan. It almost sounds like they went 10 years without seeing any results of children. Am I reading that right? Which one are you talking about? Verse 3. you are right. You're big on the commas there, too. Here's the thing, too. I don't know how old Sarai was, but Abram was 86. I mean, what kind of shape What kind of shape was he in? I mean, what's the age difference between the two? And she was probably getting impatient. We find out later they're about 10 years apart. Okay, There's so... There's like a chapter or two she's later. She's 76 and still beautiful because we know that from yeah, the, the, earlier yeah, the chapters. Egyptian guy they said she's like, gorgeous. Oh, Hey. Look at this beautiful 30-year-old. Oh, you flatter me. <laughs> I mean, 75 years old, looking so good. <laughs> I like this. Look at this. What do you got? 86, Tom, I 40-ish, 6. What? 
So from that one to that one. What are you guys looking for, the age? Four score. Yeah, this is four score and six. Four so score is, that's one score is 20. Oh. So four score is 86. 86, yeah. Yep. So, right, and go, oh, where is it? Where did it say where, where Ishmael, what Ishmael's name means? Oh, my word. Oh, right here. Go for it. Read it. Ishmael's name means God's ear. A11. What verse is that? 11. Verse 11? Uh-huh. Yeah. You bear, you, you bear a son, and, yep, and you would call his name Ishmael. Right. Mm-hmm. For the Lord has yep. heard of... God's ear or God hears. Yep. Yep. Okay. A donkey of a man. A donkey of a man. I don't get that one. Mine, say, mine says uh, a wild man. Well... So... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Couldn't we go with like the old school cartoons where it says donkey and replace the other word? <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering. <laughs> so Ishmael, though, let's stuff. let's get a little historical. Who whose descendants or father? Or, or I'm sorry, Ishmael is the father of what descendants? Some people don't know. Abraham and. He is he's the father of Oh, I don't know who is father. I of. cannot remember this. I okay, so Abraham this. is the father of Israel. Okay? So all of Israel, all the the Israelites, is the father of all the Israelites. The Ishmaelites are the Israelis and the Palestinians and all of those out there. And if you read this promise here, it says that and he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren, all the Israelites and the um, uh, Iraqis. They're the same family. They're the exact same family, one brother to the other brother. And every man will be against him. When hasn't somebody been warring with Iraq or, or Iraq warring with somebody? He will live in hostility towards all his brothers. Let me right. see. Yeah. All so the unrest in the Middle East. Right. Yeah. So... Uh, not including, are we talking about actual um, Israel? Israel is um, Isaac's descendants, and Iraq is Ishmael's. Okay, so we're talking about Ishmael's? Yep. Okay, because I know Israel has been at war since World War Two or the creation of their actual country, but I do know Iraq has been invaded by... Alexander the Great, the Russians, the yep. Americans, yep. the French, uh, Napoleon was there quite a bit. Um, who else was there? That, like said, oh, the Crusades. Yeah, the Crusades. Don't, don't even mention the, the English Crusades. Yeah. Yep. Um, so. So, I mean, this is almost like, I almost want to say prophetic. Yes, I was thinking that too. Yeah. Very, yeah, it was, it's almost prophetic that God so. was saying, hey, listen, I'm going to bless this kid. He's going to have a lot of, like, children he's going to have huge family but he's going to be at war with everybody because yeah. of one thing or another now i know there's a lot of people that believe that uh the muslims came out from um they actually bring their lineage all the way through and all the way through to ishmael a yeah. lot of them like to to go through that now i don't know a whole lot about about muslims but um 
I do know that when it comes to that, they know their lineage all the way back to Abraham as well. They're very, very good about that. Mm -hmm. Like even today, just like a lot of Israelites, they can actually tell you if they are actually related to David. Yes. Like King David. And that would be yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> right, to say that. Great, cool. great, 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 great grandson. And at the end of the chapter, it does end the chapter, and it says, so Hagar bore Abraham a son, and bore, I'm sorry, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. He was middle age. Right, and, see, and, and this matches, because in Genesis 12, 4, it talks about how Abraham was in Haran until he was 75 years old. So it sounds like when he left Haran, all the way to the time he left Haran, to when he went to Egypt and he hung out in Canaan, was 10 years. And that's where, so obviously he's 76, not 75 now, because obviously nine months for having a child. Yeah. But, no, this has been this has been great. Do you guys have any final comments before we close this out? No, this to me, this was very, very, very interesting. I hope that uh, those listening get into it just like we did um, and we're looking for comments too don't forget that all right so let's go ahead uh, i'll end this in prayer and we will sign off dear heavenly father we thank you for this time together we thank you for this study in scripture and i pray lord that uh, through all of this in looking through genesis and walking through this father that we can grow ever closer to you we pray this in your heavenly name amen this has been justin this has been Sully. This is the coach, Wayne. And this is Tom. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining us. And have a wonderful good morning, evening, and good night. We love you guys. That barking ain't helping, Tom. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now, listen, you don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. I'm closing up. And the boys gave me this note to let you know. You can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast. Podcast? What are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most of them probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>